right, good morning. Good to see you here today. So grateful that you've chosen to worship with us. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5 this morning. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, as we talk about preparation and peace as we continue in the Advent season. I'd like to invite you just to join me in a time of prayer. So I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and take a deep breath. As we talk about peace this week, we have seen so many examples uh, of chaos in our nation, in the world, in our community. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So whatever's causing you, like maybe angst, frustration, difficulty, just lay it at his feet in prayer right now. Now ask the Lord to speak to you by his spirit through his word. Jesus, we gathered today to worship you and to hear from you. And there's no one that we need to hear more from than you. And so speak to us, give us ears to hear you, eyes to see the things that you want us to see this morning. God, I pray that your words by your spirit would transform our lives. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, would you stand with me? We're gonna read Isaiah chapter 40, verses three to five this morning. Isaiah chapter 40, verses three to five. If you're our guest, we say this phrase, the very words at the end of the main text reading, just to distinguish God's word from my own. So here's what the scripture says. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You can be seated. Now, if you are Advent astute, you know that we are kind of in Advent rebellion and that we are a week behind the entire world on lighting the Advent candles. So it's nice to be unique in one sense. Why do we do that? Because we want to push the Christ candle into your home on December 25th. And so we will be uh, giving you a video that will help you celebrate that in your home on December 25th. Do you know that all religions of the world teach that you have to do a lot of good work and be really good 
so that you can get to heaven. That's what the religions of the world teach. You have to do a lot of good work so you can be really good so you can get to heaven. But Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, completely different than that. If you read the scriptures from start to finish, what you find out is that no one is good. No one is good. I'm not good. You're not good. What we do is we kind of compare ourselves to one another and say, well, I'm not good, but I'm not as bad as him or her. Or my sins are these, but at least they're not those, you know, and we compare the good news of Jesus Christ is not, has nothing to do with the amount of your sin, has everything to do with the good work that Jesus has done. See, there's nothing that I could do to rescue myself from my sin. Nothing. But Jesus, born in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, has always been, will always be, walked the planet with skin on for 30 some odd years, was crucified outside Jerusalem. And the scripture teaches us that he took on the full wrath of God in that moment that we might be saved. The wrath of God for our sins, that we might be saved. And this is the really good news when we think about the advent, the really good news as we're anticipating the coming, the celebrating the coming of Jesus born in Bethlehem. The really good news is he's coming back again. And the really good news is even though I, I am a sinner and fall short of the glory of God, do not deserve to be in his presence because of Jesus He changed my identity completely and your identity completely if you believe. And he makes you his kid, his son, and he gives you access. Complete and total access. That's really good news. And we we kind of fall asleep in the light on that thing, church. Kind of fall asleep on the light. We kind of still think we have to work our way there. Now, today is all about preparation and peace. And Isaiah is prophesying in a way that is symbolic in one way, points prophetically in another way, and talks about two comings, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem and the second coming when he will return, when he will come back again. And we have to consider all of that. This morning. So let's go back to Isaiah chapter 43 to 5. And here's where I want to start as we sort of understand the principles behind this. The first thing we really need to get our mind around is this the preparation that we're talking about here in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, is a preparation of repentance and faith. A preparation of repentance and faith. So if you look at it, verses 3 and 4, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert the highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low and uneven ground shall become level and the rough places made plain. So we understand looking at this. That there is a voice, a messenger, there is one crying in the wilderness, and that one is saying, prepare the way of the Lord. 
And he says, prepare a highway for our God. Has anybody been working on that this week? Some highway in the desert? Uh, Lift up the valleys and the mountains below. Anybody lifted up a mountain this week or leveled out the unlevel places, the rough places? Did you make them plain? Do you really think that God needs us to make a straight path in the desert so he can navigate it? No, this is exactly what I was going to say next. Perfect. Psalm 68 verse 4, it says, sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song, listen to this, to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord, exalt him forever. He doesn't need me to cut a path in the wilderness for him. Yet, Isaiah, the prophet, is saying, prepare a highway for God. Lift up valleys and make the mountains low. Make the uneven ground level and the rough places plain. He's telling the people to prepare for the coming of the Lord, first in Bethlehem. And then as he comes again, a second time. Matthew, the disciple, said in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, this is 700 years after Isaiah wrote Isaiah or or spoke Isaiah 43 to 5. It says in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Here's his message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So Matthew, the disciple is telling us like, look, Isaiah was talking about John the Baptist and there's John the Baptist in the wilderness crying out a message saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Why is the kingdom at hand? Because Jesus as prophesied, was born a babe in Bethlehem. He grew up, and when we get to Matthew chapter 3, he's beginning his earthly ministry, his adult ministry as he makes disciples in the world. Matthew's just saying, like, everything that Isaiah said is coming true. And so the work of it, the making uh, the highway for God, the lifting up the valleys and making the mountains low for John, he's saying all that is is repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the preparation is repentance and faith. Repentance. What does that look like? Repentance is a gift. We, uh, some people hear that as a bad word, right? Like, don't tell me I need to repent one more time. Or some people get it mixed up and think you just need to repent once and that's it. Do you know that for the Christian, repentance is a daily discipline. For someone who follows Jesus, we're constantly in a state of uh, walking with our God. And we realize like, I still got a lot of flesh on me. A lot of things about me that are still being worked out. I tell people all the time, 48 years old, I've been walking with Jesus since I was about seven, eight for, you know, solidly since I'm about 18, 19 years old. I thought I'd be a lot more sanctified by now. A lot more. Yet, 
what we find is that this is the constant work. The daily work of preparing the way of the Lord is this repentance. It's, return, it's turning away from our sin and returning to God. And the faith that we need to do that is faith believing two things. One, that everything he said he did in the gospel is true. That he died on a cross to save me from my sins. I can't work my way there. I'm not even trying to work my way there. Nothing good I do would even get my would even get me there. But I'm depending, I'm having faith that his work is enough to get me there. Because I can't do it on my own. So it's repentance and faith. This is the work. The preparation for our God is all about repentance and faith. Now, here's the second thing we learn in verse 5. We need to prepare because we shall see the glory of the Lord. Verse 5, it says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. And the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. <clears throat> This is obviously a prophecy beyond Bethlehem. In Bethlehem that night, the whole world didn't see it that night. Some saw it. And they told the story over and over and over again. And and in that way, we celebrate the, the birth of the Messiah. But this is obviously a prophecy concerning the second coming of Jesus. He he will come again, according to the scripture. Do you know that God, that Jesus is still fully God and fully human? Did you know that? Sometimes people think about Jesus and they think, okay, he, he rose again from the dead. So he's not that human part anymore. He's just, he's just God, obviously. He's still fully God and he's still fully human. That's his nature. That's his essence. And do you know what it says he does for us? He intercedes with his father on our behalf. He's an advocate with the father on our behalf. He's the, he's the most human human that ever lived. He lived, he lived it the way that God intended it to be. My emotions are messed up. My, my sin is messed up. Why? Because I'm, I'm tainted by the effects of sin. You see, Jesus never sinned. And when he rose again from the dead, he was glorified and he ascended to heaven and he's fully God and fully man. And he's coming back again as fully God and fully man. And it says the next time he comes, it won't be in such an obscure way like a little town in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Instead, it says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, it says, For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. I mean, these are the the pictures that we get. Matthew also says in Matthew 24, 37 to 39, For as it were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. They were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. The second coming of the Son of Man will be something that Everyone will see. 
that will instantly affect everyone. And Isaiah is telling us in verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is going to happen. As much as Jesus was born in Bethlehem, this second coming is going to happen. Luke chapter 12, verse 36, Luke says, And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from a wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Luke is just saying he is coming, knocking. So we prepare, and how do we prepare? Do we go to Sunday school as many times as possible in our lifetime? Should we check all those boxes? Do we, you know, if <laughs> minimize cussing? Do we, you know, make sure, what do we do? We repent. We have faith. We believe the gospel. That's what we do. Here's the third thing we get from this passage of scripture. Proper preparation leads us to peace in Christ. Proper preparation leads us to to peace in Christ. So a life of repentance and faith in Christ really will give us both peace and holiness in Christ. It's, um, if you will, imagine according to this and, and believe according to the scripture that Jesus can return at any moment. That can be unsettling. It can be unsettling. Do so you think, have you ever been in the middle of something where you're like, you know, I hope Jesus doesn't return right now because I don't want to be in the middle of this. When Jesus returns. But walking in repentance and faith allows you on a daily basis, allows you to be at peace with God in Christ. Why? Because at the end end of the day, you've bowed before the Lord and you've just said, I confess to you again, I am I am a sinner. Saved by grace. Forgive me for X, Y, and Z. Give me sleep tonight and tomorrow when I wake up, I want to walk with you. Will you meet me when my eyes open? Give me the ability to have faith and and believe. This kind of preparation, this repentance and faith, it really does give us peace as we're waiting to face him again. A lot of people think they're doing all the right things to prepare and have peace with God, but really they're chasing hell. How do we know that? Well, consider first century Jerusalem. First century Jerusalem. If I had to define the people of first century Jerusalem, I would say they were about religiosity or religion, but not about relationship, obedience out of love. If you were to sort of parachute, you know, in there in in the first century and just drop in, you would have noticed that people are very religious in first century Jerusalem. 
They're doing things that the Bible tells them to do to the letter of the law, even taking it to extremes, even taking the commands that are there and writing whole books about how you should obey that particular command. Just take one like the Sabbath. I mean, let's put lines up outside of our town. If you cross that line on the Sabbath, you're sinning. That's not in the Bible, but that's in the books that were written about that particular command. I mean, they are very religious. And Jesus shows up, and in Luke chapter 19, verse 42, shows up in first century Jerusalem. And it says, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. These people are going through the religious motions. They're really good about condemning people who are unclean. I'm glad I'm not her. Glad I'm not him. I mean, I might have done this. But look what they did. They're really good about condemning condemning those that that are unclean. They're hypocritical. And if you read Jesus about the people in first century Jerusalem, he's constantly saying things like, uh, you know, worship would be better than sacrifice. Your obedience would be better than all this religiosity. Take the plank out of your own eye. And so he weeps. Some people like this. Uh, there's one version of this passage of scripture. It's the shortest version of verse in the Bible. Jesus wept, right? How many of you have memorized that one? That's what everybody likes to say. What's your favorite verse? Jesus wept. Why did he weep? I don't know. Well, he wept because he rode into the city who, who had all the information to the people that had all the information and they didn't even know the things that make for peace. They were actually chasing the wrong things. Going through the motions. Wrong preparation. The proper preparation is a lifetime of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. A lifetime of it. It doesn't mean you have to walk around feeling the burden of like, I'm terrible. No. You get up in the morning and during, during the day at different times and when you go to bed at night and you, you know what? You, you, you evaluate and you say, Lord, make me more like you on this compassion thing. Because right now I have no compassion. I don't look like you in this situation. Or Lord, give me, help me to be angry about the things that you would be angry about in a righteous way. Forgive me when I've been angry about things that, don't, that, that, that you aren't angry about. That don't matter. Forgive me when I've acted in particular. But you, don't have, you, you walk around not in despair because you're not trying to do work to get to heaven. You're just repenting and having faith in Jesus that he did the work. And so it actually, you're casting off despair and repentance and walking in blessing, walking in freedom. But this preparation, it's about repentance and faith in Jesus. That baby 
born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, is the son of God. (laughs) He is born of a virgin. He is fully God and fully man. He was crucified. He was resurrected. He is actively seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He really will return when we, we, we repent and turn to him in faith. He changes us. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 3.13. It's kind of in the middle of a thought. He says, so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. So Paul is looking forward to this coming of the Lord Jesus. It's already past Bethlehem when Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. He's looking forward to the the coming of the Lord Jesus. And he's saying to them, have faith in Jesus. Point your life toward him because he will be the one so that he may establish your hearts blameless and in holiness before our God. He's the one doing the work to establish your heart blameless before God. And this is really good news because he's qualified to do it. He never sinned. He took the full penalty of our sin on the cross. He defeated the penalty of sin and death. He rose again. And now he's establishing for those of us who have faith in him, who have come in repentance. He's establishing our hearts blameless before God. And do you know what that yields? Peace. Peace. A lot of times we get caught up in the circumstances of the day, the moment. We feel full of anxiety, full of whatever. I always like to take a step back. Just one step back. Do you know you can see everything more clearly when you take a step back? Just one step back. I'll confess, I follow this guy online, Jocko Willink. Does anybody know that guy? Come on, raise your hand loud and proud. Okay, connecting with a few. So he had a video this week. And the video was, he's a newbie in the SEAL team. And he's afraid to say anything because he's the, he's the brand new guy. He don't say anything. He doesn't rank over anybody. And he's told to look down his rifle and do his job. So he said, when you look down your rifle, your scope of vision goes like this. Very narrow. And he said he had this thought. He looked up and everybody was looking down their rifle. And their scope of vision was very narrow. And he took one step back. One step back and he could see everything. And he issued a command. He said he struggled with it. Like, if I do this, these guys are going to, like, tell me to shut up. In seal language, however that that plays. (laughs) But he issued a a command based on what he saw from one step back. At the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. Do you know, sometimes we get stuck in, like, circumstances, angst. If you take one step back... Here's here's what you should see. As a follower of Jesus, you've placed your faith in him. You're repentant before him. You have been made clean. 
goes so far as to say in scripture that he took your dirty clothes off and put a righteous robe on you. You have been made clean. Whatever the circumstances are, whatever the angst is that you're going through, take a step back and understand this, that you are a, in Christ, you are a child of the living God, a son or a daughter. Meaning, when he returns, he treats you like a son. He treats you like a daughter. Your identity has changed. Everything has been transformed, not because you did a bunch of good stuff, but because of what Jesus did on the cross and you just walked with him in repentance and faith. You prepared a way in the wilderness. See? You listened to the cry of John the Baptist. You repented for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You had faith. That it's all true. And he established your heart. He is our peace. Jesus is our shalom. He is our peace. You take one step back. Get out of the fray. Get out of the chaos. One step back. Your field of vision will widen and you will see no matter what happens. He's our peace. It's miraculous. At the end of the day, the biggest Judgment that will ever happen according to the scriptures, the judgment that takes place at the end. And that says everybody's susceptible to that judgment. <laughs> but when you, a follower of Jesus, show up, this is, my, this, is my, this is my son, this is my daughter. I died on a cross. She repented and believed. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is really good news. Really good news. Unless you think, oh, that's a farce. Then it means nothing. It changes nothing for you. And so this is what I worry about. In the United States, we become numb to the gospel. We've forgotten that properly we must prepare because... This is the way to peace in Christ. Luke 2 records this sky-splitting moment when a multitude of angels showed up to some shepherds outside of Bethlehem. Do you believe that? Sound like a far-fetched tale? You have to wrestle with that. Faith believes. And they sang this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So as we think about our preparation, we repent and have faith. And it's the one that we repent to. It's the one that we have faith in. That is our peace. And this is the hope. 
of Jesus. Again, another one everybody, everybody in America has heard, I hope. For God to love the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Do you know how much God loves you? Can you receive that this morning? That no matter what you've done, no matter how, how deep in the darkness you've walked in your lifetime, no matter what you're currently doing, he loves you. And I believe that you came here today because the Lord wanted to remind you he loves you. And his part was sending his son, his only son, the one he loves to die on a cross to save you from all of that mess and transform you from a person who was at war with God to a person who has peace in Christ and is God's kid. So if you have anxiety, if you have shame, you have guilt, you have, you know, whatever going on in your life, take one step back, please. Repent. Have faith. He loves you. With a steadfast love, the kind that never ends. People believe lies like I'm going to have to die in order to get out of this sin that I'm in. Or two, I'll never get away from the shame and guilt that I feel. If you believe in Jesus, if you have faith in him, the scripture teaches us that he washes all of that away. In the eyes of God, you are clean in Christ. Holy. Would you describe yourself as holy? Probably not a, you know, when you take the test, like choose five words that describe you. Do you, do you circle holy? But in Christ, that's his number one. What does he say about you? Holy. Loved. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. Bubble number three, eternal, forgiven. My son, my daughter, a voice cries in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. This Advent season, we celebrate his first coming, his birth in Bethlehem, the Prince of Peace. And we long for the second coming when all things will be restored, knowing in confidence and perfect peace, walking in repentance and faith that Jesus is enough. He's all you need. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And just ask again, one more time, the Lord to speak to you.
Lord Jesus, we come before you even now and we confess that on our own, um, we are sometimes averse to the things of God, sometimes too quick to sin. We confess it to you, Father. We repent. We turn back to you. We turn away from our sin and turn toward you. And we ask that you would wash us white as snow. Take away the shame. Take away the guilt. Help us to believe. Help us to have faith that you really forgive us. That you really love us, Father. That you really are coming back again. And when you do, you will restore all things. And part of that is our eternity. And we give you praise and honor and glory for that. As we walk these days until you return, Father, help us to walk in preparation and peace. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.